Welcome to the Broadway show Uncut. Glad you're here because this is a big one. Back to the Future is now on Broadway, the musical based on the iconic movie, the musical based on the iconic movie from the 80s. And audiences really are loving this one. But it has been a long journey bringing this to Broadway. Tony Award winner Roger Bart plays Doc Brown, and he has from the beginning. Here's Paul Wontorek's chat with Roger. Roger, good to see you. Nice to see you. Look at you back on Broadway in another monster side. <laughs> it's, mon it's, it's monstrous, yeah. You heard a lot during Young Frankenstein, right? Yeah, yeah. Big musical, big yeah. Broadway musical. Yeah. How does it feel to be at, at the Winter Garden, which yeah. is like the, the prime palace of Broadway? How's Amazing. it feeling? How's life? It, it's, it, life is fantastic, you know, and I, I, uh, I love being back here. I love being back in New York. I had the, the great privilege of playing in, in the West End for yeah. the last couple of years. Um, and to be back here, and it feels like at the right time, I feel like people really sort of been going to the theater, getting more excited about going to the theater, more the safe feeling about it, more, more uh, excited about coming to New York and spending a weekend here with their family. So I think this show is the, is the right show at the right time um, for, for uh, theater lovers. There, yeah, there are certain shows I saw it last night, loved it, fantastic, okay. had a great time. But what I loved about it was how many people, regular people, you could just tell it was one of those shows that when families heard that this was coming to Broadway, it was like, we're, we're getting tickets to that. And it, I thought, yeah. like, when I was a kid, I probably would have been, my family would have come to see this show. There's just certain titles that mm. people get really excited about. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Back to the Future, as I, I became more and more familiar with it over these years working on it, uh, I didn't really, uh, uh, I underestimated its um, huge appeal and it's the way it's, uh, it is as famous as uh, if we were to do a Star Wars musical or E.T. Sure. the musical and most Spielberg giant ventures or if yeah. Indiana Jones were, you know, I know they tried to do a Lord of the Rings, I think, in Canada right. many years ago right. and uh, it's of that epic, epic size, you know, so uh, uh, it is not an, an unusual night for me to, um, to look out in the audience and see three people dressed as Doc Brown with with uh, with ridiculous wigs. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of love for this franchise and um, and there's a lot of excitement, as you said, yeah. in families about coming, particularly, you know, I've heard many times that the guy, a typical fella somewhere will say, uh, you know, I don't really like musicals, but that one I actually am kind of curious about. And I, I love yeah. that we're part of that. Yeah, and I think that what's different about Back to the Future from those other titles you mentioned is that... The well, I couldn't have played Chewbacca. That's not one of the hugest... <laughs> oh, that would have yeah. been. You would have killed. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> the hair. Yeah, I that mean. alone. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what he does. Does he do that noise? I think he does. I don't know if he speaks English. But also, yeah. aside from that... Uh, but he would is, in a musical. Is it? <laughs> no Chewbacca would have a pattern ever. You know he would. <laughs> but Back to the Future has a great human story under it all. It does. I mean, it, it is sort of based in sci-fi and time travel and all these sort of big ideas, but it actually is just a beautiful human story about family and friendship yep. and love, and yeah. it's just lovely. It, it, it really is. It's, it's um, you know, first of all, it's, the show is, is it's kind of constructed, like a, it bookended and, and interspersed with um, a lot of uh, uh, very cool technology. Yeah, um, that is very cool. State of the art, I mean, yes. really, really very cool. Um, and in the middle of it is an old-fashioned uh, 1955 story. And, of course, what's interesting for us is that, you know, uh, Marty and I uh, have this uh, motor of uh, we only have a, this amount of time 
yeah. and it's life or death. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're, we're, we're around a world that has no idea. They're just sort of a day in the life in 1955 of a, of a kid who's obsessed with a girl and uh, it would love nothing more than to spend the rest of his life with her. Yeah. So it, it, it is extraordinary that way. And also, um, you know, there, there are many things about it that I found so beautiful. For instance, there's a moment in the show where I think that, that Marty is sitting down with his dad in the cafeteria and he's, he's kind of dealing with him for the first time. It's, it's a, he's looking at him not as his dad or his dad and his peer. And he says to him something like, um, he says, you know, what are you doing, George? He says, well, I'm, I'm writing this uh, sci-fi story. And the son goes, uh, and Marty goes, uh, wow, I, I had no idea you were creative. Mm. To me, I think that's like, you know, my old man had a clarinet in the house. And I, I was like, what is this clarinet doing here? Yeah. And I come to find out later that my dad played the clarinet. Didn't know. Mm -hmm. Just didn't know he had that side of him. Yeah. So there's something very beautiful about a kid kind of, you know, getting to know his, his parents as as young people who were similarly awkward and maybe feeling displaced the same way he was and um, changing their lives forever when he comes back. There's a lot of Wizard of the Oz uh, feeling in this show too, yeah, as you know. Absolutely. You, know you, you get spun around and some crazy stuff happens, then you come back and all you want to do is go back home. Yeah. Even if it was a little rough at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it really works because the movie, when you think back, so many of the performances were so big and theatrical, like Crispin yeah. Glover, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, or um, Christopher Lloyd, yeah. obviously, is Doc Brown. These are sort of iconic, comedic turns. And I feel like it's very easy, I think, to take those, put them on stage, make them theatrical in their own way. And you, but you really get to not, you, you're not tasked with giving us Christopher Lloyd. And I was kind of nervous in the very when I first heard you you got this because I thought well Roger's going to be great because the truth is when you hear a musical like this is happening you think well who's going to play Doc Brown and when and you you are one of those talents that I feel like you make people very comfortable like oh, go like oh well Roger Bart's going to do well that's going to be great we don't we don't worry about it that's very nice but I sometimes worry that you would be asked to sort of you know recreate too many too much of the material from the film right but I feel like I got to see such a beautiful, different characterization yeah. of, of this sort of mad scientist uh, yeah. guy that we all loved in the 80s. Well, well, thank you, first of all, for, yeah. for saying that. I really appreciate that. And, and um, but, you know, there, there are, uh, 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 if, you, if you look at this story and what Bob Gale and, and Robert Zemeckis wrote um, and created with Doc Brown, um, if you just plug yourself into those circumstances, and um, and feel things the way it is written and should be felt, um, and then uh, and the only thing that I tried to adhere to, which was the great um, leg up from Christopher Lloyd, was um, he was uh, as you said he was sort of broad um, and animated, um, passionate, um, and um, and loved his friend, and um, and also Chris has that kind of unique ability to be able to be both. Uh, charming and also make an audience feel like anything can happen. He's, mm. He could do anything to surprise you. He's going to do right. something crazy, and those are things that I uh, love. You know, I love I love to be both um, a, a little subversive on stage with the audience, mm -hmm. um, and also um, create a feeling of uh, uh, of of controlled chaos. Yeah. Sort of what I enjoy the most, and and the and the real fun thing about. Um, playing these kind of parts uh, is uh, is to to take um, 
very large situations and root them in truth. That's really sort of the most fun thing of all. And, and it's yeah. something that's, you know, sometimes difficult on, on TV to be able to kind of, sure. I, I was, I never could do a funny walk on television. No one, no one would ever <laughs> shoot me above here. Um, but so it's really, really fun to be back and being able to do such a glorious role that was, was created by Chris and by the writers and yeah. get that chance. And I think it's very clear to the audience the whole time that you are going to give them a good time. It just feels like it, I really could tell you were having a good time on stage and that you were enjoying watching them because this audience, by the way, is it, the audiences lose their minds at this show. I mean, it, yeah. this is like one of the most enthusiastic audiences I've seen in years. I mean, yeah, it's, really, they're it's, ready for this. And it, I feel yeah. like it's kind of like you're the ringmaster to sort of keep mm. this party going. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it is a treat. They, they, uh, this is probably the closest thing to, to being in, in Rocky Horror that I'll ever sure. get in a weird way because they do, they do know where the key story moments are and they are behind it in a way that is not... Um, obligatory or perfunctory it's more that they really are involved they really do organically yeah. get excited when 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 george finally takes biff out yeah um and uh it, it's interesting you should say that about the this is we had a really interesting moment in the development of the show where we had written the first song that i sing called it works about the car the mm -hmm. delorean and um it was given to me and i, I kind of thought you know, I said to John Rando, and I was like, I can't, you know, we, I need to, and to Nick Finlow, our musical supervisor, like, I need some, we need background vocals, man. We need, we need people to kind of bop behind me, you know? And we were like, well, where, where are they, where are they going to come from at right. 1 15 in the morning in a mall parking lot, you know? So <laughs> I, I threw out a couple of ideas that were unseemly um, about where, the, who they could be. Um, and then they were like, oh, they should just be really kind of, you know, uh, hot girls in DeLorean outfits. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So, so if they're going to emerge out of nowhere, then I have the opportunity. I said, well, we should just throw in the line of, you know, where they come from. Is I don't know. They, they just show up whenever yeah. I start singing. When, when we introduce that, um, that, oh, that key element to the audience is why you, and the reason I'm saying this is because you referred to the relationship I have as a ringmaster of the audience. I think it kind of made it, it made the show self-aware in mm -hmm. a way that put a lot of people at ease. A lot of people come to musicals, particularly ones that are about uh, that are based on movies, and they kind of go, "Oh gosh, they're just going to all sing along, and we yep. just have to accept this weird, weird way that that because it's a musical." But this one, because of that line, and we build on it later in ways mm -hmm. that I'll you know I don't have to explain. Just come see the show. Um, we, we kind of put a lot of people at ease because we became self-aware. We know we're in a musical, and we know, we trust the material and the story enough, well enough to know that we can switch back and forth between being self-aware and then plug right back into the, the story, which mm -hmm. is so good and engaging in a way that allows them still to enjoy it. So it's, it's, it's not, doesn't compromise yeah. the, the investment in the story that the audience has. That was actually a key decision, I think, to making it, me like the show because yeah. there's thing, it, it made me realize that like the task of putting this property, beloved property on stage is the task, but it's all about how creatively you go about it. And it's all about how, you know, the- Yeah, that's right. And it's also, you know, this, is, it's, it, this show remarkably is a, it's not remarkable, but, but it is, it gets a lot of men to come to the theater that wants, you know, Jersey Boys did, there's a lot of great shows yeah. down the pipe that do this so, so amazingly. And this is one of them. And um, 
And there is something I have found in my lifetime that when I talk to my, my brother's uh, engineer, his friends and stuff, they, they always say one thing, like, I don't get it. You know what? You guys just all know the words and burst into song. You know, it's a real, they really have trouble grasping this, yeah. this sort of funny thing about musicals, right? Yeah. And we just accept it. We love it. You know, yeah. they do. But as a, as a wonderful accident, by including the line, I don't know, they just show up when they start singing, it put a lot of them like, oh, they, they know it's silly too. Like we all accept that it's, yeah. this is a silly convention. Yeah. And then we ran with it. Yeah. So every time I opened my mouth, as a matter of fact, I sing a really sweet ballad at one point and I begged John Rando to have just a group show up at my door singing ooze and just saying, please, really, I, just stop it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Nobody said you can't yeah. do it. But I wanted them everywhere. As soon as yeah. I start singing anything, yeah. you know, just show up. So it's really fun. You do get a sweet ballad. I mean, you kind of really get to do it all. It, yeah. It was, you know what I, I mean? I do, you feel, I, yeah. do it, it, I sing that for, uh, uh, that's, that, that song uh, runs very uh, deep for me. I've, I've uh, uh, have, uh, you know, anybody uh, uh, my age, um, the, who has walked in the parade of life uh, has certainly watched it thin as you look around, you know, and, um, and there are many of those uh, in my life that I was very close to uh, that, um, that I've lost and, and the world lost, um, and uh, all of whom um, had very big dreams and, um, and to some degree or another saw them th uh, through or didn't. And um, so I, I have very fortunate to be able to have a moment of um, a very private and very public tribute to, to everyone who has had that uh, as part of their um, as friends in their lives and, and who are living it now. It's incredible to just hear that a song like that could mean so much to you. And you feel that on stage, yeah, even within the context of Doc Brown singing to the dreamers, right? Yeah, it does. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's very, um, you know, we all just try to uh, get on with it and, and um, um, have fun and, and um, live uh, to, to our, uh, and, and uh, dream our, our biggest adventures can come true. And so I, I'm sure I'm, I'm having a hard time speaking now because it's uh, very, some of it is very painful for me still, so, as it is every night, so. Uh, but thank goodness I have a friend like um, Marty McFly who, um, and friendship comes in very interesting ways. And sometimes it's a, you know, a 17 year old kid um, who is the wise one in the room at times. I remember my daughter, uh, I had a rough night with, um, with my daughter's uh, mom very, very early on in our um, uh, life together. And my daughter, I, I brought her to New York City for the night and she was sitting on my shoulders in the rain and she said, um, I was kind of panicked about not having juice boxes for her. She must have been like three. And she's like, Dad, don't worry. Got this, we got this, we're gonna be okay. Mm. Don't worry. And I thought, that was the moment that I thought, Okay, I know now who's the old soul in the room. Wow. You know, so this, this, this show in many ways, you know, people kind of, you know, sometimes when things become so giants like this franchise, you sort of, sometimes people lose, lose the, the fact that, that, that friendships and about love and about loyalty and about nobility mm -hmm. are the keys that make this really a long-lasting, beautiful. And why people connected? To why it. people connected yeah. to it so much, and you you see it sometimes when you see Chris Lloyd and and, uh, and Michael J. Fox out, 
and you see them holding each other and hugging each other, and you, you go, gosh, it was very real, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's one of those things that when you come see the show, I think that you remember the car, you remember Chris being, uh, you know, funny, and you remember Michael, but what you what you're, you're don't really remember and you're surprised by is the emotional connections in the show. Mm -hmm. Christopher Lloyd has been around, wasn't he, in the rehearsal room not yeah. long ago? Yeah, yeah, he came, he popped in, he's awesome. And he, he also came to Manchester years ago when they announced my um, being involved in it. And, and he was hilarious, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about the show at all. He's, an, you know, he's an old thespian, so we just talked about the stuff that he did, and he's very cool. And, but the funniest moment was really when he, um, is really when I, we were sitting in the room, they were about to announce me, and he goes, he didn't seem to know it was a musical, or he was just being Chris, he was just like, Wait a doing this thing as a musical. I said, yeah. She goes, so Doc's going to sing. I said, yeah. He goes, gosh, I look forward to hearing that, is what he said. It was just so cute, you know. It made me laugh. I was like, oh, man. You know, so, uh, but, but he has dropped in on occasion, um, and he's always been very supportive. He loves Back to the Future, and he loves Bob Gale. Yeah. Loves to be Doc Brown. Yeah. You, uh, you can add um, segue to your special skills, <laughs> which I was, I was like, wow, Roger yeah, yeah. doing a segue on yeah, stage. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a spoiler. A hoverboard, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. It's a, it's a beast, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do it off? Uh, is, it, is that purely? I, did, I had to do, no, I had to do a, a television show called No Tomorrow or something, I think uh -huh. it was called. Um, and uh, I got cast, and then I showed up, and they said, oh, we're going to have to teach you to use a hoverboard. And I went, wait, what? So I had to learn a hoverboard and then shoot a scene um, a, a day later. So I had some vague uh, okay. familiarity with it. it, but it, but I'm not. I've seen people who are really good on it, and I am not that. I don't know how I ended up being, you know, Tanya Harding uh, in this song. Uh, but we we had other things planned for the for the other people on the stage to do, but that fell through, and then suddenly they were all like, "And go!" to me with this thing, and I thought, "Oh, Lordy." It's pretty cool that you were such a big part of the development of this. I mean, you've been involved with this for eight years, is that, is that right? I think eight, I put myself on tape eight years ago. Wow. I began work on it five years ago. What was that tape like? Funny, I think, you know. What'd you like, do? Well, it was so, you know, it, I, was in my, I was in Los Angeles in my bedroom and they asked me to prepare basically almost every scene and thing. And, and uh, you know, I put on a, <laughs> on a bathrobe <laughs> And with some pens and pencils in it, and, and my, I think what the producer still teases me about is I, I, I put a lampshade, I had this really kind of great, you know, 50s lampshade, and I put it on my head and I kind of held it like this and, and was reading his thoughts, you know, with, my, with that headgear, and um, I think that's probably what got me the job. I think they realized I was sort of a nut, you know, and, and that was very funny. And also, <clears throat> they asked me to sing a song, and I thought, well, what am I going to possibly sing as, as Doc? And of course, then it occurred to me. Um, talking Heads um, singing, uh, you may find yourself uh, living in a, a shotgun shack. Hey, you may find yourself in another part of the world. I thought, yeah, this is, this is perfect. You know, he's, this is Doc. So it, it worked and they, they, they kept me. So how does it feel to, to have all that time with it, but now you're on Broadway? I mean, this was the ultimate goal, obviously. This yeah. was the property that had to get to Broadway. So it's kind of like all sort of a build up to this yeah. moment. Uh, do you still get excited going, you know, how do you, how do you keep do. as an actor when you do it for that long, how do you sort of like keep it interesting for yourself? Uh, well, I mean, you obviously have a lot of new stars. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, whole new cast. It's the third cast I've, I've done the show with and they're all fantastic. Um, 
it, it, it is it is always exciting to to do this show. Uh, there is something about those qualities which I early literally alluded to um, that keep the landscape of it always uh, rich and um, because of the way it's written and because of the earlier, what I referred to earlier as being aware, self-aware, um, that we're in a kind of a show in a room, in a theater. Mm -hmm. um, there is a sense of play I can have with uh, Marty. Um, you know, we have a unique situation where um, you watch them first as great friends and then become great friends. Part of becoming great friends, as everybody knows, is laughing a lot together and teasing each other. So. I get that that keeps me going. Also, just that, you know, I don't want to get too cheesy with you, but it's like, you know, I was trained as a, you know, with, with Meisner technique, and we, we just, it was all about, like, talking and listening and being present, and I'm always of the mind that the audience is, is very aware whether or not people are really talking and listening and really engaging with each other, and so I try to keep things different constantly on stage because I don't want that ever to break down. And because once the characters become bored with each other, the audience gets bored watching you. That's, it's, you know, as far as coming to Broadway is concerned, um, it means when I say to you, it's a dream come true to return. Um, I, I'm really, I'm not being, you know, insipid. I, it really is. I, we, uh, I had spent about five years where I couldn't do theater. I was, we were, I was raising my daughter and, um, and, and her schedule was, ridiculous so she needed me at home and so I did television and films and anything I could do that was quick so for me to be at a, in a theater every night um, is a privilege it's where I kind of feel the most alive I love the whole the structure of it I love kind of uh, the discipline of it I, I it, it works well with my brain and um, and it's so having had so much sort of stuff go on in those years um, that was difficult. I feel like this is uh, the greatest gift to me to be able to come back here and to share this show and to share joy because really at the, the end of the day for me personally, I just love bringing joy to people. I, that's, that's why I love doing this. That's why I love this show. We bring a lot of joy to people and it's not, I don't want to be so stupid and say, oh, we need time, joy right now in this time in this world. It's really not about that. We always need joy, yeah. and I I love that. That was that's the way I was, you know, wired as a little kid, and it 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 makes me very very happy to make people laugh and to feel like that they walk out of the theater a slightly different shade that they were earlier that day. You know, you have thirty five years of Broadway under your belt. Yeah, yeah, eighty seven. I I showed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's in, uh, and big, big river. Big river. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible to to that I'm still haven't had my hips replaced. <laughs> so when you look at someone like Casey Likes, who yeah, who's playing sweet. Marty, who's fantastic, yeah. who is fantastic Great. and almost famous as well. He's yeah, like, he's having a, a nice little career. Yeah, he's so good. I I love hearing about his struggles. They always make me happy. I was like, oh, Case, I know. That week off you had, you okay? You all right? I know. Is it, is it fun to, to play with someone who you see at the start of their career? Yeah. And, and to be that guy now? It is, yeah. I, I, I am not a curmudgeon, and I was surrounded by a lot of curmudgeons when I started out. <laughs> and I do love a good curmudgeon. There is, there is something about a surly old guy who under, underdresses at the curtain call his street clothes to get out and have a cigarette 
<laughs> within a couple of minutes after one of the buses. Gonna... Those guys kill me. You know, the, the complainers. I loved them. I'm not that person. Stop talking uh, about Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he never underdressed it. But, uh, Correct. But, but I, 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 I love that, and, and I'm not that, for, but I do love that, that there's some degree of a, a mentoring in, in, yeah. um, on stage and in life with, with Casey and with, you know, you know so showing him some, some stuff on stage. And uh, and also um, that it's in the show too as well that, that we I mentor yeah. him and and in many ways I don't mentor him we're just we're just friends yeah. you know what I mean it's yeah. like it's a great thing when you meet somebody in um, in your town growing up and it's like I know you and yeah. you I bet you know me and we're we're kindred spirits even though we're just couldn't be more different you know and you get to show him that DeLorean and you get to go in that DeLorean yeah. and by the way. Yeah. That car, yeah, it's everyone very needs to cool. go see it in yeah. action on their own. Yeah. But it, I mean, it outbangs Chitty Chitty. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to use a different word, um, and often we do when we're in the car together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's one of the things you hope that people can't read my lips in the balcony. But yes, there, there's usually something kind of uh, derogatory about Chitty. Don't even get me started on Herbie. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Let's just be clear. It's a much cooler car. Yeah, very cool. Very, Although a good VW cool. Beetle musical should should happen yeah. at some point in this world. <laughs> so if we could ride that DeLorean back to 1985 and run into um, young, aspiring actor, Roger, I assume, you were in your early 20s yeah, right? when this yeah. movie came out, what would he have thought? If we just said, like, you're going to be Doc Brown. This is going to become a yeah. musical, bro. You're going to be Doc Brown. I'm yeah, I was, at that age, I was still angry I wasn't uh, Marty McFly. You know, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, as, as Doc good -looking Brown. As, as Michael J. Fox, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, gosh, you know, my acting teacher when I was a, a pipsqueak, um, and I was, by the way, as skinny as Casey likes. I was that, I was so skinny. And... Um, <laughs> She said, you know, you're going to do well when you get older. And I was kind of like, I, if I, I just hope I can survive, you know, until I get older. And, um, and I also was skeptical. But, but yeah, to come to, if you had told me that, I'd been very excited back then, too. Um, you know, the, having the burden of being so good looking when I was young. I'm just teasing <laughs> out there. I'm just teasing. Um, yeah. There's no end to that sentence. I just wanted to say that. That was all. It's just a bad joke. <laughs> well, I, I love having you on Broadway. Honestly, it's, it's just, just like so there's nice. certain people. When I see you come on stage, I just feel like we're gonna have a good time tonight. I I, I hope that's so nice to, to, to yeah. for you to say. And I I, I as I said to you before, I find you to be a a, a great um, supporter of of the theater arts and the theater community, and um, I of all of the interviews that I get to do when I when I get called by you I'm always excited to come and that's going to do it for this week until next time I'm Tamsin Fidel and this is the Broadway show uncut <laughs>